0: Hello and welcome to Earth Medicine Podcast, your daily medicine for inspired living. My name is Alexia and I am sharing stories, motivations, and wisdom from Mama Earth and her change makers. I am so excited you're here with me today. Now tune in and listen. Welcome back to another episode of Earth Medicine Podcast. Today, I'm really excited to be speaking to a very beautiful and influential woman, Talia Sutra, who I've just met at the yoga um, festival at Wörtersee in the south of Austria. And just taking her backbending class, I got so inspired to just go up to her and talk to her about what she does in her life and how she inspires other people. So welcome, Talia. Thank you. I'm so excited that you're taking your time, even after teaching, to speak to me. And I want to open by just asking, you know, what has brought you to the point of today where you're so much really sharing the the backbending story with other people? And what really is the essence of of your teaching when it comes to opening the heart? Um, What do you want to share?
1: Um let's see. So I don't know if there was ever one specific thing that brought me to where I am now. I think it's just one step followed by another step, followed by another step, but it wasn't always a straight path. Um but like I mentioned in the class briefly, I've always loved to backbend. Um so I did it even when I was just a baby, I think I think my in my family, we have pictures of me even sleeping, in a, <laughs> no really, really, yeah, this is sleeping in like a puppy pose, and my son actually does the same he's two years old and he likes to sleep That's like this great. I think I've seen other kids do that, but I really enjoyed um I guess I found it comfortable from a young age, and then I also uh really enjoyed doing wheels and camels before I knew what they wore and that they were yoga postures. And then my mom uh, discovered yoga when I was about six years old and she uh, and I practiced together from time to time and I learned a lot of yoga through her. Um, and I've always had the uh, luck to to be physically active. Uh, later in life, I started to delve into a world of classical ballet. So I mm. definitely got to spend every single—I spent hours a day, eight hours a day—at wow. a studio, uh, working on my body, you know, mm-hmm. and technique and expression. And I it was my whole life. Um, and while there is certainly back bending in in dance in ballet, it's mm. not—it's not for the sake of healing the spine, um, mm-hmm. it's a lot more of an expressive, artistic, aesthetic choice, choreography. So mm-hmm. it's very different. The intention was very different. Mm-hmm. But I still, it was a very much a spiritual experience for me dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt that I was communicating in a way that I couldn't otherwise. While mm-hmm. right now in my life I'm a speaker, I speak to people. When I was young, mm-hmm. I was not a speaker. I communicated through my body. So mm-hmm. movement was like prayer to me, mm-hmm. and I felt very free when I was dancing, and I felt very um, full in my presence, very full in what I was articulating in the story that I was telling. And then if I had to have like just a, a regular conversation or try to talk to someone, I found myself getting a little... Um, agitated at how emotional I might get trying to express myself Uh, and so I always felt at home in my body and in movement. Um, About 11 years ago when I started committing to a daily yoga practice as an adult, I started to notice that um, my friends and other teachers that I was friends with did not really enjoy Going backwards in asana as much as I did and I started to kind of investigate and and look at others And when I started teaching I definitely started to look at students and what they were doing and looking at what I was taught to say uh, To students Mm -hmm. and seeing if that made sense and a lot of times I noticed that what teachers were teaching didn't actually make sense when it comes Mm -hmm. to backbending postures And I also noticed that it was very hard to find a teacher who could backbend teach backbends Mm -hmm. and I realized that actually most people were avoiding backbends Mm -hmm. that is true yeah just Mm -hmm. avoiding them and that and that I really didn't know any teacher Mm -hmm. who was an actual backbending uh not master but practitioner Mm -hmm. even you don't don't even have to be a master but a practitioner most people I found were avoiding them and and because they were avoiding them when they would teach a simple backbend it was filled with hesitation and fear and mm-hmm. that what that's what you're passing I to your like students.
0: It still happens now, right? When you offer a backbend, sometimes people just sit down on their heels or they watch and see what happens in the room. Is there like a way of empowering or how do you step into this role of a teacher to empower everyone to go there? Because today was the you know third class of the day. And everyone was tired, but everyone was doing it. Mm -hmm. And I felt you in a very, you know, centered and kind of motherly holding space energy, which was so beautiful. But what do you think, what does it take, or what's the key ingredient to hold space like that for people?
1: Well, I think uh, you have to teach what you do. Yeah, (laughs) of course. So so, uh, I would say work. You're, you you're your as a yoga teacher it is very much your task to be a student first and foremost and mm-hmm. to practice mm-hmm. and to learn things so um i think if if backbending asanas are something that you have a lot of fear around just acknowledge that mm-hmm. and it's okay to be a teacher and also like not know things and be like Hmm, I don't know so if someone asks you a question about backbending or you're not sure it's totally okay to say I'm not sure but I definitely want to learn more about this Mm. instead of thinking that you have all the answers but it's actually uh, something that you're you have a little uh, block in so if you're afraid of backbending it's in your best interest and in your students best interest that that we try and create understanding around this area so that if you do try and teach a backbending pose it doesn't come from a place of fear because mm-hmm. we don't want to create an exchange of energy that is that is fear-based mm-hmm. <laughs> because unfortunately then it teaches our students to respond in the same way to backbending and mm-hmm. to to clench the neck to clench the throat to hinge at the lower back to have pain but to just think that that's just how it is and that's the end of the story. So the how to how do we hold space for students by knowing what it is that we're offering and offering from a genuine place. Mm-hmm. So it's not trying to be something that that it isn't. It's just some, it's something that you have spent time practicing that you feel confident uh in offering. I think this is the way to approach it when it when you really do have a strong practice it shows in your teaching
0: Mm, it's really beautiful so i think for you it must have been years of investigation right also like checking your own spine how do i bend back is that right or wrong what was the main thing or is there anything that has just opened your eyes a lot wider anything that has helped you even open to life a lot more, right? Because backbending also helps us to to open to life as it's kind of given to us. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah.
1: Uh, But Tell me the question again, so if there was one thing in particular... That
0: has helped you to get even deeper into your backbending story, Uh or deeper into the experience of a backbend, or deeper into experiencing that as a teacher, or seeing that in students.
1: Well, it's like I said in the class, I think backbending asanas require a deep connection to our spine. And if you mm-hmm. think of the spine, it's the center of our bodies. Um, and yoga teaches us that there is no separation between body, mind, spirit, between our... Mm-hmm. Our, our, our body is connected to everything else that that is us, our energy... our our feelings, our thoughts. So everything is connected. Um, When we have a certain sensation, especially because the spine is the middle of the body, it connects to everything, it's clearly very important. So when we're coming into Mm backbending asanas, we're not only strengthening uh, the the spinal column and the muscles around it, we're also opening the front side, which is really Mm -hmm. what most people really fear is the opening the expansion the Mm -hmm. stretch in the front side of the body and we spoke a little bit about this in class especially what i really focus on what i really try and bring attention to is the space between the chin bone and the chest bone and this little area is often kept closed not Mm -hmm. just in yoga class but in life and that that was a part of your question so Mm -hmm. When we're able to find just even physical stretch, a simple physical stretch between the chin bone and the chest bone, mm-hmm. and we're able to feel that, it's mm-hmm. not just physical. <laughs> so there's nothing in your being that is separated into labels and parts and boxes. So it's not like, my body's here, my body's here, my mind is here, my feelings are here. It's like all one. It's all connected. Mm-hmm. So when we're able to, uh, to stretch the throat... There is a lot that can start happening from that if if we're practicing that regularly, if we're practicing it on the daily, if we're strengthening the back of our of our neck, the upper spine, and we're stretching and opening the front of the throat. We spoke a little bit about communication in class. Mm-hmm. the The neck is like a bridge between the animal body. The the, everything below the neck, everything below the collarbones is what I would call the animal body. It, it does mm-hmm. everything on its own. Your heart is beating on its own. Your lungs are breathing on their own. Your intestines and your stomach, everything is working on its own. You, If you're a woman, you can even have a potential of creating life, and your body is kind of doing it on its own. You're not right, thinking about... that's a about,
0: really crazy thought. Right.
1: <laughs> you're not thinking about creating um, feet in the fetus. It's just happens your body does this yeah it's amazing yeah so we have a lot in our body that is uh, not voluntary that happens Mm -hmm. on its own and if you go above the chin above the where the our necks and throats sort of merge into our heads the head is a completely different thing and it's kind of like what what i think makes us a little bit more human it's the the, the brain our way of seeing the world mm-hmm. the way we identify we create labels we create identities we create an ego or multiple egos from which we act from mm-hmm. it all gets very this is where like the human experience happens mm-hmm. of, of um just existential suffering so the neck is a is a very special place. It mm-hmm. connects us between the animal and the human, and it 's a place of communication oftentimes because communication is blocked and stopped mm-hmm. it uh, it 's a place where uh, a lot of shame and guilt lives, mm-hmm. things that we wish we could have said, but we didn 't things that we feel uh, we were punished for or blamed for, mm-hmm. our ideas of how our bodies should be, especially yeah. for women. Uh, ideas of how the body should look, should feel, how I mm-hmm. should act in this way. And a lot of just control too, uh, like not being able to let go. Literally, you can see it in asanas, mm-hmm. in backbending asanas, not being able to let go of, mm-hmm. of holding on to the throat. The, the fear that comes into like letting that go is tremendous. And when we do learn that we can support full expression, mm-hmm. not because we're just releasing and dropping our head back because we're able to hold it up Mm -hmm. hold it up and allow ourselves to stretch using our own strength Mm -hmm. so that's kind of incredible because what i've seen in my students over many years uh because i have some students that i've worked with for like more than eight years now so what i'm able to see over time is that people who who came without knowledge of backbending are now you know just their whole lives have changed not just their camel pose their whole lives are are in a different place They mm-hmm. it's been transformed because of the ability to to support that full expression mm-hmm. of of this special area of the throat the neck mm-hmm. the chest and this is what we really focus on and this is probably That's my beautiful. favorite my favorite um Part of of any backbending class is really mm. just delving into that and 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 seeing the look on people's faces when they realize that they can, but they can right because they've right. been usually stopped because yeah. they've been told not to yeah. over and over and over again. So it's their look of like mm-hmm. awe and like joy and surprise when they can oh, do something. It's such
0: a big joy when yeah. you actually deepen your backbends. Yeah, mm. I wonder. Like question popped up now because there's it seems like especially for women there's an epidemic of like thyroid conditions and even me having suffered from one and had a lot of long healing span and story do you think that back bending and really supporting yourself and getting you know opening up the the chest and doing this practice on a regular basis is is the medicine that we are looking for because a lot of it for me was Really controlling and keeping it down and not speaking it out. And realizing that I can support and open up was really big medicine for me that allowed me then also to speak out and help, help my healing a lot. Yeah. So what do you think um, is that something that could support especially women?
1: You know, I think that healing has a lot to do with what we believe in. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to be the most important uh, aspect of healing so if you uh do not believe that mm. self-healing is possible uh mm. it's not going to necessarily it's still going to have i think backbending will have healing effects on those who come into them with open mind open heart and mm-hmm. really try they will have healing effects But if it stops, if you make a separation of physical and non-physical, if you think physical is physical and everything else has nothing to do with it, then you are going to be blocking yourself at Mm -hmm, some point. So you will strengthen the back of your neck, you will open Mm -hmm. and stretch your throat. But if you do not believe, if you are firm in your stance, that the physical has nothing to do with the emotional, the emotional has nothing mm-hmm. to do with the mental, the mental, has, if you think that they're all separated, then you might stop somewhere and then mm-hmm. you will continue to experience all sorts of different blocks. Absolutely. Um, so it all depends on what you believe. Mm-hmm. For example, going back to my mom, when she discovered yoga, She was sick with lymphoma Mm -hmm. and she obviously, uh, not obviously, but she did take uh, the Western medicine route of chemotherapy. She saw all the Western doctors, did all the normal things, but at the same time, she, uh, their Western doctors have a very sort of direct and Um, dead-ended way of giving people prognosis and being like well uh, this is your condition you have probably we would assume a year to live okay so this happens to a lot of people it happened to my mom happens to a lot of people Mm -hmm. where you get a certain prognosis and because it's coming from a person in a white coat in a hospital it seems like this is it like Mm -hmm. this is what I have to believe and we have to be mindful that while it's definitely useful to listen to people of authority and get their opinions, that it's never, never the the last word on anything. Mm-hmm. And I think what I've learned through my mom and what I've learned through yoga practice is that it's our own experience and our own beliefs that are going to matter most when it comes to mm-hmm. transforming our lives mm-hmm. and healing in general. So I believe, and it's, I believe and I know really, I know that there is no independent life of the body. It's Mm -hmm. not like a body on its own. It's connected Mm -hmm. fully, one, with everything else. Mm -hmm. So when I heal my body, I am healing deep. I am Mm -hmm. healing uh, old emotional wounds. I am healing um, uh, feelings of inadequacy, not feeling enough. I'm healing old conditioning. I'm bringing awareness into my mind. I'm changing the mm-hmm. biochemistry of my body, I'm changing the neural connections in my brain, I'm soothing the nervous system, it's all connected. Mm-hmm. And so I think for, to answer your question with thyroid conditions, and I've definitely known a lot of women uh, who have struggled with thyroid conditions, I can't say for sure that a backbending practice done correctly will mm. uh, heal Thyroid conditions, but I do believe that if you take the time to uh, practice uh, backbending asanas and deepen your awareness and deepen your acceptance, of course, I think you can begin to find a journey to inner healing regardless mm-hmm. of what you're going through. And I mean, mm-hmm. no one is going to regret doing. Uh, some yeah, yeah. some asanas or postures. I mean, you don't, while it's hard to get on the mat sometimes, I think after you're done doing your mm-hmm. practice, most people are not like, oh, well, I should have done something else. No, we're really happy that mm-hmm. we took the time to practice. And so, of course, I believe 100% that we are our own best healers and we're mm. our own best teachers and that you can heal anything with uh-huh. with your awareness, with your compassion to yourself and through study, by actually studying what it, what it's it really means. It's really beautifully said.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what, what has shown me, what guided me on the healing path. And even just opening up, rinsing the body and looking at the system as a whole, realizing that nothing is you know, separate, and that everything is together, and that is, that was probably the most important healing step for me, realizing that just, okay, opening up what is coming up, like, is is that just the body, where do things come from suddenly, you know, you realize, okay, there is something more than just believing in someone with a white coat, (laughs) and so, yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful way of describing and sharing. I'm really, really honored. <laughs> even sharing your personal stories and your mom's story. Yeah. Uh, it's really beautiful, just because I get truly a lot of women who have thyroid conditions, and they keep asking me if I want to share you know, my healing path of healing an autoimmune condition and if it's even possible because we all get hormones and' I'm supposed to take them for the rest of our lives. And my approach was very holistic. And It's really good to hear just different people's opinion on, on how this system works and how we all just You know trying our best to learn more about ourselves And that really is the healing to click in back with with nature right with our own nature Because the only thing that Keeps us from not being healthy is not being in our full nature. That's what I, I learned from myself at least so to kind of end this little talk. (laughs) Is there anything that you would share with people to just deepen the experience of a backbend? Like how does a person even get started? Say my mom, for example, she doesn't she doesn't go to yoga even, and how would she go on the mat and how would I share with her, okay, this is something that could you could benefit from? What would you tell her, like absolute beginner? Mm-hmm. In going to this experience,
1: well, I work with a lot of beginners. I work with yeah. all types of people, so I definitely I've had students in the past who uh, really were incredibly flexible and just wanted to uh, deepen their their backbending asanas. Mm-hmm. And I've I have students who are beginners. Uh, The most important thing is to find a teacher who practices what they teach to go back to what we spoke about in Mm -hmm. the beginning. So it's not always easy finding a teacher who knows how to help you with your backbending. You have to find someone who has committed some time to learn and to practice and Mm -hmm. can do their best and is honest. Like I find that honesty and sincerity Mm -hmm. is an important quality in people. Um, So... For a beginner, what I usually start with is what well, the way we started the class moving into wrists, mm-hmm. circling wrists, stretching fingers, mm-hmm. um, taking really taking time to move into the wrists. The arms are an extension of our upper backs, mm-hmm. an extension of the heart, and uh like we spoke about, there's no separation, so we do a lot with our hands to be mm-hmm. creative, to make meals, to uh wash to uh, uh, hug someone, to meet someone. There's a lot that happens to communicate with our hands. Mm -hmm. And we rarely take the time. Most people do not take the time to really breathe into them, to stretch the wrist joints, to stretch the finger joints. I start there. uh, And then from there, I I usually speak a little bit to beginners about the the, uh, mobility of the shoulders and what Mm -hmm. they can do so that they know that they can lift their shoulders up and down, they can protract the shoulders, they can pull the shoulders back. So there's all sorts of simple actions we can do to lift shoulders mm-hmm. up, pull them down and really reach them in all sorts of directions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then going into cats and cows, so beginning to introduce uh, the uh, tilt of the pelvis mm-hmm. in different directions mm-hmm. and talking about the, the shape of... Uh, in cow pose where we really get a stretch from the chin bone to the pubic bone. This is essentially a shape that we continue visiting in backbending. Mm -hmm, Beautiful. Yes, and this could even be enough. So if you want to teach your mom a little bit about backbending, this is a great way to start. You show them a little bit about the mobility Mm -hmm. of the wrists, mobility of the shoulders, a little bit of cats and cows, and maybe even uh, a puppy pose is great with beginners as well. They can place Mm -hmm. their forehead on the floor. And really, just uh rest there, you could even use blankets or pillows like a bolster and uh place them uh underneath the chest and chin to to if it's challenging uh and then you could even hug the bolster or the pillow and this way you this is how we used to sleep <laughs> when I was a kid. so you do that uh that can be great for. For beginners, anything that's kind of supported and gentle, mm-hmm. um, using uh, uh, doing a cat pose with the wall, like we did in class, mm-hmm. uh, those are all great options.
0: Mm, thank you so much. Thank you. It's really empowering, I think, also to hear for people that anyone can do backbends, yeah. and you start with your fingers and your hands and your wrists and your shoulders. Yeah. Just even learning about your body. Yeah. And yeah, cat cow as well, right? Most people just do it in class and they don't realize that it's it's already backbender, you're already doing the work.
1: Yeah, you're doing the work. Mm. But it's not just what we do, it's how we do it. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times we get into a thing and there I mean there's very in a room of like thirty students, I would say probably only two or three are doing a cat cow with complete attention and awareness and mm-hmm. curiosity. Mm-hmm. A lot of times the mind is somewhere else. Is, is, mm-hmm. or it's either uh, spaced out. It's spaced out somewhere. Mm-hmm. Or it's uh, focusing on, on some like a thought or something. It's, it's not right here in the spine. It's not going into the actual spine. But the mm-hmm. thing that we need to learn is that you can go into your body you can go into your actual spine mm. and get to know it in a cat cow. Like it's a, it's as simple as that. And cat cows can become super interesting to do if you mm-hmm. really are curious about it, if you're yeah. interested in it. You That's know? really and, true. And it goes back to what you believe. So if you really believe that the body is one with with who you are, with with your with your sense of, uh, with your energy, with your mind, if you believe that everything is connected, then you'll begin to notice that how you feel shifts. You know, you feel differently. When you're really paying attention, you're really mm-hmm. present, you start to feel different. So after class or after even just five minutes of moving into wrists and shoulders and, and lifting the chin in in cow pose, you can really afterwards it's enough to already have shifted energy tremendously Mm -hmm. you feel a little more open Mm,
0: so would you would you say that going slower helps you bring more awareness to different Uh, places
1: yes i'm definitely um i i don't think i mean a lot it's very popular to have just very fast very loud like like yoga classes because I think it's like almost it's entertainment it's very entertaining Mm -hmm. and sometimes it can be something that we're craving too just like dancing you Mm -hmm. know like going wild and dancing absolutely traditionally like and I'm a bit of a traditionalist I think yoga Mm -hmm. asana is is meant to be meditative and um, Mm -hmm. uh, a place where we can really go inward and learn Mm -hmm. study ourselves with compassion with non-harm with non-judgment mm-hmm. i think the goal is really asana is means to have a steady connection to the earth mm-hmm. a steady seat so this is the, the purpose of asana is in the name itself mm-hmm. is to have a peaceful and steady connection to the body the body becomes a seat the body becomes like a throne on the earth mm-hmm. and so that's definitely something that can help guide us in our intention slowing down and slowing down just means being present means Mm -hmm. not practicing to get anywhere you're just practicing to be here yeah
0: i truly appreciated that in in your class today because i didn't think i could you know do another fast one yeah (laughs) and i came and it was very peacefully held and you didn't play music and i was very much drawn to your voice and really trying to be present and focus on myself. And I very much appreciated that you you carry that with the message. Like yeah. we don't even have to speak about it. It's what you embody and that's a very, very beautiful thing. So thank you for that.
1: Thank you.
0: <laughs> and just for everyone who is listening, if we wanted to continue practicing with you, would you like to share like where we can find you or if you have upcoming events, anything in the next year or so? <laughs> sure.
1: Um, well, you can practice online on AlloMoves. Moves. Mm. Um, Allo mm. Moves is an online platform. There are many, many wonderful teachers. Uh, I think every teacher who's here teaching, <laughs> a lot of the teachers who are here teaching uh, today, you can find their classes on there. And I definitely have the method backbending on Allo Moves as well as many other uh, classes. So. Um, if you're interested in backbending, the information is there online. Uh, I also travel. Uh, right now, I'm going to be taking uh, a couple of months uh, to be home with my family and to take a break. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, I do my two hundred hour teacher training, and then I go actually to Asia. So I'm going. Oh, wow! Yeah, I'm going to Singapore and Hong Kong, and so then, all over. yeah, all over all over. I'll be in Europe in December, in Croatia, actually, which I'm excited about. I haven't uh, been there yet, so.
0: Oh, beautiful. Mm-hmm. So, we just recommend everyone to stay updated on your website, I guess, via website and AluMovs, yes. where there's all the classes, yes. right? Oh, beautiful. Thank you so much, thank Shania. You. I'm really, really um, grateful that you shared all these words. Thank and you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I'll tune back in soon. Bye-bye.